Hello. Hello. Welcome to our life. <laughs> Welcome to your nightmare. <laughs> or our, our nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> Rather. It is currently three degrees outside. It's, we one literally looked it up immediately I'm before. Sorry, all day it's been three. It's one degree. It feels like negative 18. I've spent all day inside in my robe and Till our brief venture outside moments ago to get oysters. I spent most of the day inside at work, and then I took the bus <laughs> ten blocks too far because I was doing the New York Times crossword Sunday crossword on my phone, and I had to walk fifteen blocks in three degree weather, and I thought that my the blood was gonna stop going to my feet. <laughs> I would fall to the ground, unable to walk anymore. She got home and was like, I think I have frostbite. <laughs> Guess what? She doesn't. My legs were very red. I just want to put that out there. They were very red. And it was painful. I could feel, I could feel my veins contracting. Are you kidding me, Ziggy? <laughs> the cat is tearing up our couch, which I've completely given up on this crusade because we're about to move. And toss the couch. So, you know, just use it as your personal playground, okay, whatever. Zig. Anyway, we watched Charmed earlier. <laughs> we did. We did an experiment where we watched an episode and then we went and got dollar oysters. And so it's been several hours since we watched it. And I remember nothing. Did it age like a fine wine? Probably not. I feel not. like for me it just immediately leaked out of my brain. <laughs> it's totally gone. I can't wait to figure out to find out what I rated at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with Wikipedia Corner, which okay. I have up. Perfect. <clears throat> this episode is called Ex Libris. No, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. It's no, it's not. Apocalypse <laughs> Not. <laughs> Season 2, episode 21. <gasps> we skipped one. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a long day of doing nothing. Oh, my God. Okay. Apocalypse Not. When a vanquishing spell goes awry while the Hallowells try to destroy the four horsemen of the apocalypse, Prue and one of the horsemen become trapped in a vortex. Piper and Phoebe enlist the help of the three remaining horsemen to free Prue and the fourth horseman before the vortex closes. Do you know how we knew it was a vortex? Because Phoebe says, there must have been a vortex. No, I think Piper's like, is it possible that there's a vortex? No. When and did she say that? She says something like, is it possible that there's an energy field? And Phoebe goes, no. it must have been a vortex. It's a, the classic charmed maneuver of just guessing at something and then Literally. treating it as though it's reality and then it is reality. What are you talking about? This episode was chock full of wonders. There were Y2K references. <laughs> there was a clumsy riot scene with a helicopter floating approximately five feet above the scene, apparently, according to the light angles. Several exploded watermelons. <laughs> Several exploded watermelons. This episode was quite a treat. I will say that I feel like the pace of the plot was relatively high. Yeah. Felt like it was... Almost well-paced. Uh, yeah, it was like the plot was well-paced, but the individual scenes dragged on and on forever. Yes. In an endless nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I if mean? If the plot had been good, it would have been a good episode. Yeah. That's but what I'll say. Instead, we just had to watch Leo mansplain. Oh, my God. Leo was a 
living nightmare in this episode. <laughs> I can't believe one of them didn't murder him. I almost Halfway did. Halfway through. <laughs> um, okay, they were so, floating wait. blobs of goo? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know how we're going to be able to address that. Um, I just want to get this out of the way. What? Um, we can't do our establishing shots... Oh, because there were segment none. because there weren't any. There was one of P three. It was just the exterior of P three, which I don't even feel like really counts because we yeah. don't count the Hallowell Manor in the establishing shots. True, no establishing, so, no opening shots. Yeah, no beautiful <laughs> jerky <laughs> fast forward shots angled. of the Golden Gate Bridge at night. Really missed him. Just kidding. Um, I do want to shout out. Paula Cole for thanking P3 after her performance. Oh, jeez. I don't even want to hear about Paula Thank Cole. Thank you, P3. You've been great. First of all, that Paula Cole, Cole performance was the longest part of the episode. It, I thought it would never end. Nothing was happening. It was just Paula Cole singing with her awkward dancing, and then it was Phoebe and Prue staring at her like, look at how cool our life is. And then it was Paula Cole dancing, and then it was the bartender handing that stupid fucking book back to Prue, and Prue being like, smug look on her face, like, I'm living my best life listening to Paula Cole in this very brightly lit bar, reading a book full of deep questions. I don't want to hear the name Paula Cole <laughs> if it's not... In the same sentence as the song, I Don't Want to Wait. Like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Literally. Why was she even on? I don't know. I also noted that... Do you think that Dawson's Creek was like, no, you can't use I Don't Want to Wait in your episode? Well, I'm sure it was like... Oh, whoa. I wonder if it was some sort of like weird crossover promotion. No, if it was, they would have done I Don't Want to Wait. Or maybe... Paula Cole's not on Dawson's Creek. No, but maybe they were like... Do you think most people knew I Don't Want to Wait was by Paula Cole? I don't think so. Well, what, is, what kind of question is that? Do you think most people knew that I Don't Want to Wait? I can't even... Let's move on. I just wanted to talk about the crowd at the Paula Cole <laughs> yes, concert. Please. Every single woman in the crowd is wearing a spaghetti strap crushed velvet dress. <laughs> and I also was like, Paula Cole... God-awful. Paula Cole could easily be a Hollowell. For sure. Both yeah. in, like, physical characteristics and mm-hmm. fashion sense. Yeah. Spaghetti strap halters. Like, dark clothes, brunette, like, Well, her clothes hair. are kind of... They were just, like, tan. It looked like she made, like, a sloppy, fucked up Pocahontas costume. And was like, I'm gonna go out on stage and sing! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that vibe, but I don't really remember it, to be honest. <laughs> she... That song was immemorable. It's, I cannot remember it. It was awful. I don't know why she ever stopped yeah, like, saying anything else. I don't know. Well, we should talk about the book that you briefly mm, yes, please. made reference the to. The book full of deep questions. Yes. Yeah. So that Phoebe was inspired to buy. I'm sorry. No, I'm just <laughs> reacting to this. Phoebe was inspired to memory. buy from her sociology class, which she found so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything against sociology, but wh- what person has found sociology 101 so interesting? Phoebe. <laughs> like, so, sociology is a worthy field, but sociology 101 is some boring ass shit. Yeah. Let's be honest. So the first, see, the first scene of this episode is the three sisters at home being like, oh, we just had such an amazing sister bonding day. Like, why did we even have the episode? I just wanted to watch them, like, go to yoga. Go to yoga. They went to yoga. So ahead of the curve. Yeah. They, yeah. They could have, uh, 
showed us just an hour of like them getting Going to know shopping. each other better and oh I would have been on board. Yes. They don't know oh. what we want is the thing. <laughs> okay. You're not asking us. Anyway, so then they get home and they're in the kitchen and Phoebe just starts randomly lecturing everyone about sociology <laughs> and how much she loved her even class. Which part of sociology was she even talking about? I I don't know. But then she's like, like stupid ethical quandaries. Then she's like, I <laughs> Yeah, we're drinking a wine right now called Veritable Quandary. A veritable quandary. It's either a quandary or it isn't. To be fair, when I picked it up, when I picked up the bottle of wine, I thought it was vegetable quandary, (laughs) which I like better. Definitely. It makes more sense. So then Phoebe's like, yeah, I love this class. Like, I stayed awake through the whole thing. That's why I bought this book. And she, like, whips out a book. It's filled with really deep, profound questions. Like... If there was a fire and you could only save either, who would you save? First of all, the framing of this question is absurd. If there was a fire in the building, who would you save? Five strangers or one sibling? (laughs) In what universe would it be possible to only save (laughs) five strangers or one sibling from a burning building? It's like almost the question that's like, if your house was on fire, what would you? Like, what is the prized possession that you would save if you could only save one thing it's not like that at all they're trying to make you have an ethical dilemma but it's not because it's like impossible to imagine (laughs) i know (laughs) so stupid (laughs) and they're all like one sibling oh definitely a sibling me too yay we love each other ta-da go on with your episode shockingly it had meaning (laughs) it's a very little thing most things in these fucking episodes just appear, flit across our awareness and fly off forever. <laughs> it's like an exercise in meditation. <laughs> Please take in this information and then forget you ever heard it. Maybe this is why I have trouble meditating. <laughs> Charmed is my meditation. Oh my god. I already spent so much time meditating without even realizing it. Um, Should we get to like the meat of plot or... <laughs> is the meat of the plot in a way. It's it like is. The, it's it the is un- the meat of the plot in a way. <laughs> the theme of this episode. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. The theme of this episode is would you save five strangers or one sibling? <laughs> Except I don't know how they did it, but they fucking did it. Instead of five strangers, it's six it's, billion strangers. Yeah. <laughs> the entire world. Sibling. But I think the reason that we're so slap happy right now is partially because we've taken a long ass break from watching Charmed. And it's for at least for me, it's like coming back and being like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. One, this show is horrible. <laughs> like, we've been watching Gilmore Girls and yeah. One Tree Hill on and off. And like, both of those shows. We've been like, oh, this is terrible. And it's better they than are garbage. Way better than Charmed. Yeah, both of them. Okay. I am having a tough time saying that season six of Gilmore Girls is better than this. But I would say it's comparable. It has and character it's development. It's heinous. Yeah, it is really bad. No one wants to be there anymore. We can't talk about Gilmore Girls, so we'll talk about Gilmore Girls for the entire hour. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of feelings about Gilmore Girls. But, like, it's just. One thing else way better than this fucking bullshit. The absurdity of this is just really getting to me right now. I know. It's like that time, pain plus time, or whatever, equals comedy. Tragedy. (laughs) There it is. 
trying to do plus time with comedy. All all we needed to do to enjoy these episodes is just take a break before talking about them. And then it just becomes hilarious (laughs) how ridiculous and painful and what a waste of an hour it was. It was a true waste. Okay. So the meat of the episode uh, is that... I would love to hear this. What is the meat of the episode? (laughs) (laughs) I don't eat meat, so hard for me to say no um the the basic premise is the four horsemen of the apocalypse are trying to bring upon the apocalypse as is their duty in life and interestingly the source is mentioned several times as the person who's like or the entity that's driving the apocalypse and has chosen these four people to be like the anointed ones who are going to enact the apocalypse through like omega tattooed on their necks why do they have to get it on their neck? It's every... I can't even... There's so much with the logistics <laughs> of this that we can get into, but... Um, so that's the setup, and, like, there's just chaos happening around the world and in San Francisco, and the sisters kind of, like, happen upon it and think Look, that they're okay, dealing with regular about- demons, and they accidentally vanquish one of the horsemen and Prue to a separate plane, and then the rest of the episode, they have to work together. This is just what Wikipedia Corner said, but they have to work together with the three other horsemen to get their respective buddies back. But they also have to figure out what the hor- who the horsemen are, but we already know, so it's incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah. They take As usual. So long to get so there. So bad at that fucking aspect of a plot reveal. Well, and yeah, because... The dramatic it- irony only works so well. Yeah, and it's like from the first scene with one of them, like you. it's yeah because he like first runs into all, an alleyway. All, okay, wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait. yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about our intro to the Four Horsemen. There's like all this like violence happening in the city, and there's lots of riots and protests. They use like literal footage of actual protests and, like, from wars. the '90s and wars, which seems really insensitive. Like there was a shot of a woman holding a picture of what appeared to be a dead child at one point. Oh yeah, and it's like that's real. What are you doing right now? <laughs> like using that as fodder for like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Here they come. And the other two times apparently that they've come cl- this close to apocalypse. As close as 2001, were Hitler and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, Leo provides that information. Hitler, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and 2001. And you may remember Leo has, like, infinite historical knowledge. Oh, right. So, yeah, he could have talked about any number of near-world endings, but nope. Um, I just want to mention briefly that I have a friend... Uh, who you have a friend? I have one friend <laughs> besides you <laughs> who uh, wanted to open a pho shop called the Pho Horsemen of the Apocalypse. What? Who? Which is like the best pun in the world. <laughs> is it? I think so. Wow. That's all. Wow. All I thought about for this entire episode was like some delicious broth. You guys, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse work in an office building. Okay, anyway, hold on. Oh, hold yeah. On. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> really need to talk about the whole demon rewind. corporation. Yeah, love... You know what's really fun and interesting and unique and new and cool is, like, when we take a traditional, like, myth or 
story and we try and put it in the modern world by making it business related. It and everyone all, just wears suits it, and has briefcases. It always works with Shakespeare. <laughs> always. Classic. Um, okay, so wait, our introduction to these people is that Piper and Leo are in a fight because Leo's a clingy little butthead <laughs> and doesn't like it when Piper wants to hang out with her sisters. Um, but he pretends it's okay. Yeah. It's the most passive-aggressive bullshit in it's the world. It's the worst fight ever. I'm so glad it ended by them getting in an accident. <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> um, okay. And then, so, they watch an accident happen. A fruit truck gets crashed into, and so there's fruit all over. Wait, no. Someone else. We need to talk about Piper is just... <laughs> Stopped in the middle of the yeah, street. Yeah, that's true. And the guy behind like, her is like kind of valid. leaning on the horn. First of all, go around. That's a two-lane street. Like there's four lanes. I mean, yeah, not yeah. Okay, but she's just sitting there, and Leo's like she's talking to her, trying to be like, you know, you're spending way too much time with your sisters, <laughs> not enough time with me. And this guy's like honking, and they're like not even listening. They like look vaguely annoyed. And it was like you are in the wrong. There's not even a stop sign there. Okay, just stop. But he has a lane. Yeah. If it was the only lane, okay. But there are two lanes. Yeah. He could have just gone around. So he pulls around them and then immediately crashes into this fruit truck. And it's where the watermelons come in. It turns over and then the driver of the fruit truck violently assaults the guy who hit <laughs> his car by like trying to pull him out of the car through the window. And then somebody else gets involved in it and takes a watermelon and throws it at one window and then someone else takes a watermelon and throws it at Piper and Leo's window and Piper's like, hey! And she gets out and her first fashion mom of the episode is Piper's ever-growing ponytail sleeve. It is a mile long. It has, <laughs> it has multiplied. It has grown I think enormously. it has at least 16 buttons on it at this point. It is absurd. <laughs> And she's like, what's going on? I don't know what she thought she was going to do about this brawl between angry men. But she was like, well, she's a witch. So she probably thought she would just freeze them and then look at them and see what was going on. I don't know. I guess. She does. She she didn't think there was anything magical. She was just like, what? And she gets out of her. I don't. I guess my issue is like, why did she get out of her car? What did she think that was going to help? I don't know. Okay. So she freezes them. It seems out of character. And there's this dude taking notes. And he... Oh God! There's an oh, there's so many things happening. Right this now. is kind of like my fashion moment. I mean, not really, it's but it's my fashion moment too. His outfit, this dude, yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, the four horsemen of the apocalypse apparently dress like members of a high school glee club. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are wearing full black suits, black shirt, black pants, black jacket, black cheap shoes. as hell, black shoes, and then brightly colored t- ties, different colors. They looked like they were staffing like a slightly upscale bowling alley (laughs) you know what i mean and they were very slightly upscale and the ties were really wide and like shiny oh my god and then the tie transformed into a cape oh my god i forgot about that yeah okay so (laughs) this guy's taking notes piper freezes the scene he keeps taking notes and it's like what i don't know and then he starts she's like (gasps) what is going on and he starts running away (laughs) I don't think we can describe this accurately. Let's just suffice to say we watched it five times. He's running. Five? I would say ten. Ten times. He's 
running away and his little fists are pumping away. It's he's like high knees. It's very obvious that this person has never exercised <laughs> a day in their life. And I don't know why that particular actor was chosen for the role that had to run because he is made to run again in this episode <laughs> on camera. There are at least five shots of him running. It's ridiculous. Any one of those other actors could have looked even 50% less ridiculous and it would have been fine. It was distracting. I mean, Holler, Holly Marie Combs definitely had a weird run too because she follows him. Yeah, at least she looked like a human. It's like completely, like I didn't even notice the first couple times we watched it because this guy's run is so absurd. <laughs> oh, we're going to post a video of it. It's, I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than the sight of a, of a grown man dressed as a high school Klingon member pumping his arms in teeny tiny so small motions and his legs, his feet barely coming off the ground. <laughs> such, such effort on his face is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so I ridiculous. I cannot think of a funnier thing I've ever I seen. I don't think we can post this without putting up the video also, so please check our Facebook. We'll yes. put it up. Um, please. Okay, so anyway, he runs away and then like turns the corner into an alley Animorphs into oh my god no 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 riding he, a horse he jumps in the air you see you could call it jumping and a horse <laughs> appears beneath him it's the most awkward jump I've ever seen in my life and not only does he a, a horse appear but he is suddenly wearing a giant green cape to match his turquoisey green tie so then he rides his horse off into a field Piper and Leo are like where'd he go they don't find him he rides his horse into a field. Meets up with the three other horsemen, yeah. all wearing the different color capes cut on horses, and cut to commercial. And so from then on, the viewer knows, oh, it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, pro tip: This was all before the fucking opening credits. <laughs> yeah, before the opening credits, we know it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we have to wait the entire episode for them to figure it out. The entire episode. and it's like an extreme focus of the episode. It's not like. You know, we go to their fucking dunk. apocalypse headquarters. Prue has to like try and convey that oh, there are yeah. horsemen from the other side. They're Four like, H-O. oh, we don't even know what this is about. Four Leo ho. like gets very sanctimonious per usual. Oh. It's it's like a ridi- it's ridiculous that we know this early. It's completely absurd. It's the like cat, why are we even watching this? Cat really wants to be involved. See, Come here. Come on, man. Okay. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's truly horrible. Um, let's talk about how it was pure daylight outside. It was like high noon. <laughs> and then we cut to the Paula Cole show. And Leo and Piper walk in after that song that I cannot remember a single note or word from. And, and Prue and Phoebe are like, I can't believe you missed the Paula Cole show. And they're like, wait till you hear what I did, what we did. First of all, you watched an accident, immediately started chasing a man, he immediately disappeared, and it was, like, 12.30pm, and then you drove to the club and you missed the entire Paula Cole show? (laughs) Why was the Paula Cole show taking place during daylight? Well, they said, they sort of tried to establish that by saying it was an early dinner. How early? Like, 4.30? I know. It, let's be honest, the show was 5.30? Did not make any sense whatsoever. Um... So, right after this is my white light. Do you have a white light of this episode? Yeah, I think it might be the... 
Glee Club member running. <laughs> <laughs> I do have another one, though. My white light was, like, after this, the sisters sort of, like, have a powwow in their house with Leo, and they're talking about, um, you know, like, what to do, and they've been reading all night about what the, these demons could possibly be. These four demons. <laughs> what could they be? They're nowhere to be found in the Book of Shadows, which I take issue with. There's nothing even approximating them. And Piper's like, well, it could be this, and we have a couple other options. And Leo's like, you can't just guess about your enemies. Like, I'm an expert about all this stuff. And everyone's basically like, shut the fuck up. Like, we're yeah. gonna do, this is, we have no other choice. This is what we're gonna do. We don't always have all the information. We're not, like, baby witches. We know what we're doing. Was this your white light? It was my white light. This is my, because that was my other white Leo light. Leo needed to be shut yes. the fuck no. down. And in fact, my particular white light is that immediately after Leo goes on his rant about, like, you can't do this! Piper is like, Leo, honey, you know we have done this a couple times before. And I was like, yes, thank you! Why are you all just sitting there listening to him yell at you like you're fucking idiots? Just because he's a fucking white lighter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, you know, the, the dark light of this episode for me is that he then proceeds to spend every other scene mansplaining in the same way. It's literally and awful. don't confront him about it at all. And Piper's just like, ah, oh, that's chill. We were just doing our jobs. Yeah. No. No. Goodbye, Leo. <laughs> Goodbye. Um... Let's talk about how they were like, okay, well, we'll use this spell and this potion. And Piper goes, this potion doesn't even require a double boiler. Since when do you know a fucking thing about potions, Piper? Since fucking what? Also, is a double boiler that hard to use? You just take a bowl and put it on top of a pot. Am I, I wrong? I've used it a lot. <laughs> Am I wrong? I've, I've like... She's a chef. Rigged. Let's remember that. <laughs> She's a chef. Ugh. Okay, then they are walking through a riot scene, and I don't remember. Oh, they call Daryl and are like, uh, there's a, there are a lot of weird stuff happening. And they're like, he's like, yeah, is it magic? God damn it. And they're like, yeah, tell us where it's happening. And so he's like, here's an intersection where a lot of fights are happening. <laughs> and it appears to be in front of USC dorms. And <laughs> there's just like, literally, there's cop cars all over the street. There's a fight. Every, strategically placed every three feet, like, cookies on a cookie sheet. (laughs) And there is, the effect is supposed to be that there's, like, a police helicopter overhead. But they've made the angle of the light so that the helicopter appears to be approximately five feet above (laughs) the average height of a human. And the light is just constantly moving all around like it's a fucking spotlight advertising a movie. That's not how that, you don't. (laughs) That's not what that is. You don't, like, bring in a helicopter to just shed light on different parts of the incident at every second. Like, that's ridiculous. It's not helpful to anyone. It's not helpful. It looks like a disco ball. What are you doing? What are you doing? These people are in LA. They've seen helicopters. I know that they've seen this. They don't just shine the light all over. Who designed this? That's your problem with this episode. <laughs> the helicopter light isn't accurate. It was so low. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, uh, Pat 
fashionably absurd. They're doing their best. They are not okay. doing their best. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm like, like oh, there should be a helicopter and like the light is shining. It's like chaos. <laughs> I want to talk about how when we go to Demon HQ or like the Source <laughs> yeah. HQ, Omega Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> we like cut to it. We and like the thing we cut to is a painting of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> And then in their and respective we, colors. We stare at it forever. <laughs> and then we like pull out and like it's the four dudes and they're like having a conversation, just exposition. And one of them literally says, We are the anointed ones, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Note, this is after we saw them on horses in a field. And then the it's painting. So and then frustrating. The it's like, these people are bringing about the apocalypse. It's the apocalypse. It's the apocalypse, 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 apocalypse. And then we get an apocalypse countdown timer, too. Like, why even have the visual cues if you're just going to spell it out in, in words? Good question. Because they want to show off how much symbolism they know that's associated <laughs> with the war horsemen of the apocalypse. It's not. There's like no symbolism. There's Omega. Four and people on horses. Horses. <laughs> once in a field and once in a and painting. strife and famine. Oh, and war. Did Leo literally call war black dude? <laughs> black tie dude? I don't Is know. Is that what he called him? I, I don't remember. Because he was wearing a black tie. He didn't have to wear a garishly colored tie. He got to wear a black tie with his black... He just got to look like an <laughs> Olive Garden server. <laughs> <laughs> Which, frankly, is a step up. I think. Definitely. <laughs> Um, God, every single one of those guys is like weird in a different way. Was the, um, I don't remember what his like aspect of the apocalypse was, but the creepy guy who was like hitting on Phoebe. Oh, the green tie, yeah. Green tie, yeah. The original (laughs) shitty runner. (laughs) Was he supposed to be attractive? That is an amazing question. So, okay. So essentially... (laughs) Thank you very much. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. Es- essentially, they, the sisters, well, Prue's vanquished or whatever. So Piper and Phoebe have to work together mm-hmm. with the three other horsemen to get their, their buddies back. And, like, they all go to Hallowell Manor. And Leo's, of course, like, oh, why are you coming here? And they're like... <laughs> Because this is where we're safest and we're most powerful. Like, you idiot. Why are you questioning this? Should we go to HQ? God, he's such a little turd. He's like someone's little brother. (laughs) He's like Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start calling him Ferguson. Yes. God damn it, Ferguson. Shut up. Yeah. Go away, Ferguson. Um, so, like, they, Piper and, like, I don't know, the yellow tie, some... I don't, one of them just leaves and is like, I'm going to oh, go war. do something else. Black tie. Because then Leo follows him. Oh, yeah. Black tie leaves. I think it's yellow tie. Goes into the kitchen with Piper. Piper's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go work on this potion because we'll probably need it again. And yellow tie's like, mind if I watch? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, uh. And, he and then he just her follows in her in and no one says anything. Building trust. Weird. Like, good job, Leo. This is a great time for you to vanish. Yeah. Bye. Um. Anyway, then... The green tie and Phoebe like go into the living room and have like you literally share the love seat, <laughs> and love seat is an exaggeration for that chair. It's just an oversized chair. They're sitting very close to each other and like having 
the most innuendo filled <laughs> conversation. I it's like hard to even replicate. It was very similar. It really reminded me of the time that Cupid or like quote unquote oh Cupid God. came to town and like had that weird romantic scene with Phoebe. <laughs> In the kitchen where, like, we were both like, what's happening? Oh, Why this is, like, supposed to be romantic. have the weirdest love interests. Are they, like, trying to fuck with her? I don't know. She Cupid, she had that weird movie star who was just a movie character maybe. and was black and white and was covered in makeup. Maybe it's Shannon Doherty's doing. Maybe. Because she got to be, like, the star of this episode, kind of. Like, she, they think she's dead for a while. Yeah, they have to, like, The star of the episode without her. having to act. <laughs> So Phoebe's like, I can see like how good and evil work together. And they're like, I feel like this whole episode was just foreshadowing for Phoebe's relationship with Cole. It was like everywhere. Leo says, uh, what does he say? Phoebe, you can never get into bed with evil. You know that it could be a trap. That's exactly how he said it. I was an amazing impression. It truly was. Congratulations to me. Co-signed. But like, that's just Cole. She literally gets into bed with evil. She literally. literally almost gets into bed with evil in this episode. I know, and he's not even... Like, Cole, I he's understand like, the attractiveness of Cole. I understand the attractiveness of Cole. I do not understand the alert, alluring nature of this man with the green tie. I mean... He runs like an idiot. <laughs> His teeth are like fangs. <laughs> he's evil. He has the smarmiest face I've ever seen. Also, His like... His haircut is awful. He, she's... I mean, we've talked about their ages extensively, but she's what, like, 22? I know that... Well, I know that she's. But... I know that she's 30. She's 48. But, uh. she, but like, she's supposed to be, like, a 22-year-old yeah, woman. Sure. And uh, this guy is definitely, like, At 45. Least 42. Minimum 38. It's egregious. It's awful. And she's, like, into it. She's into and it. And she's conveying... Her flirtation She's kind evil. of conveying sexual attention, and he's not really, I felt. Like, he wasn't a talented enough actor to do that. No. So it was just, he like, was, very weird. He just weird. more seemed, like, predatory. <laughs> yeah. Predatory, but, like, with no real conviction. It was just, like, yeah. this is how predatory people act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was gross it was on several levels. It was so awful. I hated it so much. Um, the other thing that happened is like, not only did they tell us about the four horsemen of the apocalypse right away, but they give away the whole thing right in the beginning. Okay. So they walk through this stupid riot with the helicopter right above it for some reason. And that's where they find the four horsemen and they think there's only one, the dude with green tie who ran and they don't know who they are, but we do. So it's like the tension in the scene is gone because I know they can't vanquish them. <laughs> and they still have to try. And so they like the guy, the one who I don't remember, Red Tie grabs Prue and they throw the vanquishing potion at her, which seems ill advised, to be honest. Yeah, totally. And then what, as the vortex, we find out later with the vortex opens. Five shots of light shoot out to each of their positions, and they're standing perfectly spaced around them. I was like, oh, they, like, formed a fucking circle or pentacle. Like, okay, done. It takes them 30 minutes to figure that out. 30 minutes. They visually signaled the answer to us 30 minutes before (laughs) anyone on the show figured it out. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there was, like, no tension in the discovery at all. It was so stupid. I was like, when are they going to figure out that it was a pentacle? 
Oh, there we go. We figured it out. We need to talk about how Prue is present in the episode. As a blob of goo? As an, yeah, an Alex Mack style. Like, shimmery window into another plane. At first it was okay. They were, like, in the attic, and they were like, Prue may be dead. Or Piper was having a breakdown because she was like, Phoebe says I should have hope. And Leo, you're being a fucking Debbie Downer. You're telling me I shouldn't have hope. Which one is it? Is she alive or isn't she? And then she go, she like has like a shiver because, and there's like a breeze and she like felt Prue. I was yeah. like, oh, this is kind of effective actually because Piper, Paul and Marie Combs and Ashley act. She's like pulling this off. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she might be in, like, another plane of existence. Yeah. There are 11 planes of existence, yeah. apparently. That is so arbitrary. We never Where did that. that information come from? What is this, fucking Wrinkle in Time? Phoebe's Deep Books is where <laughs> that came from. <laughs> Phoebe read Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> um, yeah, and but then it transforms because the, I, the problem with the show... At its core, the is that one it just problem? yes? I think <laughs> the ultimate problem is that it thinks its viewers are literal idiots, and that we can't right. like we can't understand show the concept of a like a non-visualized spirit. Yeah, so or they ha- not any non-visualized magic. So they do that, and then immediately after, they're like, "Oh well, let's visual, let's like represent." This extra plane with a white representation of magic I've ever seen in my life. It was absurd. And it went on forever. Okay, so Phoebe feels the good, or Piper feels the good spirit, and then Phoebe at a certain point was like, oh, I felt something evil and cold. Cold. Duh. (laughs) Okay, anyway, and then, and then the spirit board, of course, starts moving, and in like this white goo literally it looks like a booger like a loogie an alex mack booger yes it's floating through the air and prue's face appears in it her face (laughs) appears in it and then a goes towards the spirit board and starts spelling out they're like where are you and it goes h e l and you're gonna be like she's in hell oh my god and it says p help and then a matching... I'm sorry, but Prue's not stupid. Why would you just spell out help? A matching blob that's, like, framed in red. Yeah. For evil. And the dude's face appears in it. Yeah. It's... And then it, like, chases the good chases one around the room. so sloppily. It, they don't even, like, ooze. They stop oozing, and they're just, like, static amoebas going (laughs) like a 1985 video game knocking things off shelves in the attic and it makes no sense because why would that what are they doing if that guy were to kill Prue there'd be no incentive for the sisters to work with the horsemen to bring them both back I cannot believe that we went that entire episode without ever even getting a glimpse of what it was like in the other plane I know are you kidding me I think Prue just needed a vacation I mean, Are Shannon you already needed a vacation. They were just running. Like, what was happening over there? Were they in the Hollywood Manor? Were they having a really great Did they have game of tag? She figured out they were the four horsemen. Were they talking? Was he try- constantly trying to kill her and she was trying to defend herself? Or were they? did they have powers? Like, what was happening? I have a question about the spirit board. Yeah. So that little... First of all, Ouija board. Yeah, Ouija board. Um, that device that you use mm-hmm. to, like, read the messages. Yes. It's, like, 
for the uninitiated. It's like basically this rounded triangle. With a, with and it a has a viewing a glass viewing pane in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I always thought as a kid that the viewing pane was the thing you were supposed to pay attention to. Like whatever you number right. or letter appears in the viewing pane, that's what you're supposed to use. Yes. This show posits that it's the point no. of the triangle. No, because first it was a circle. But yeah, and, like was, the, and when it was inconvenient to the camera angle, then it was the pointer. In this episode, it was the pointer. The whole time? It, yeah, because I kept being like, that's not what they're spelling. <laughs> like, I, I was like, wow, like, why aren't we getting to see? It was so bizarre. And Even it, the help? Yeah. The H-E-L-P help? Yeah, I was like, why do they keep cutting away before it reaches the letter it's spelling out? It seems unlike the show to do that. Weird. That's really fucked up. <laughs> it's like truly. That is truly like fucked up. Okay, <laughs> this is wrong. Thank you for you are validating me. You're welcome. They are like destroying the tradition of the Ouija board. First of all, they're not calling it a Ouija board, even though it's very patently a Ouija board. They just re- removed the word Ouija from the middle of the pattern. And now they're saying that it's the fucking pointer. What is the point of that piece of plastic and or glass in the middle? Exactly. What is the point of it? What is even the point? I ask you. <laughs> Deeply disturbing. I don't think we're going to come to an answer now. So. No, we're not. Moving on. Um, They're in a nether world between good and evil. I just want to. <laughs> nether world. Between I, good and evil. So they're like. What a, is that? What does that mean? I, I is there a good plane and an evil plane? Where is where is our world in relation to that? What does any do, of this mean? Do the others, elders? Sorry, do the elders who we still don't have a name for officially? Actually, episode what is this? Forty three, and we don't have a season name for them. two, episode twenty one. The season finale is the next episode, and we do not have a name for the elders. We just already know they're the elders. Do they live in a separate plane? Is I don't hell know. in a different plane. Why Does don't the, the source elders, live in a different like, plane? Why don't the... Oh, God, this is Why so can Leo stupid. just orb wherever the fuck he wants? <laughs> okay, no, no, this is what I have to say. I am so sorry, but no, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse corporate headquarters is not orbable. There's no way they don't have an orb blocker. They're the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Their direct overseer is the source of evil you think the fucking source of evil doesn't know about orbing i call bullshit i call 100 percent bullshit that whole set of just no orbs sense. in there no one notices except that dude because he's standing right by the door and he punches him out were those were those other people in the building just like i think they were humans random humans who like wanted to be evil i think no i think they were hired under false pretenses because that one guy i think that was the implication because at a certain point like, one of the horsemen is talking to one of their employees or underlings, and he looks utterly terrified. Oh. Like I just was really... Under. I, like... It, it was ridiculous. Like, the horsemen would go around being like, how's the outbreak of smallpox in Asia or yeah. whatever? Well, no, I ordered an outbreak of cholera in Asia. Where is <laughs> yeah. it? But then there was a smallpox outbreak somewhere, too. It was, oh God, it was just, I can't even like articulate what makes me mad about it. It's just so lazy. It was so lazy. And so like, just like directly on the nose. 
Like, they were, like, punching our, us in the nose with one of those punching nun dolls. It was insulting, frankly. I just um, am, like, tired of that. Like, it's, yeah, it's just not clever to no. be like, oh, well, of course you will be uh, structured like America. an evil uh-huh. corporation. Corporations are evil. Yeah, we get it. Okay? <laughs> do something else. We get it, Bernie. <laughs> Um, um, okay, so then it all boils down. No, 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 wait, I have one more okay. fashion mom. I'm so sorry. Oh, wait, I haven't even told you my fashion mom yet. <gasps> you haven't? No, what it's the it? very last scene. Oh, okay, then not yet. Mine is, um, Hyper and Phoebe's <laughs> crime-fighting leather jacket, ma- matching leather jacket <laughs> outfits. Like, to work with the evil, the four horsemen... They show up wearing coordinating leather jackets. Piper's is a little longer, and like one is, hers is red, and Phoebe's is like teal. But I just I was like I cannot believe they're both wearing leather jackets in this one scene, <laughs> and it happens several times. Yeah, you're not What's wrong. What's your fashion mom? I'm gonna talk about it at the end. Okay, okay. Right. But um, so the climax of this episode, it's basically like the sisters show up. To meet the other three horsemen and recreate the pentagram, reopen the vortex, blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's talk about... And Leo is like, you can't bring Prue back because if you do, the apocalypse will happen because the horsemen will be reunited and they're ready and they've prepared for this because the apocalypse is supposed to happen tonight at seven, according to like the Gregorian calendar, which they miscalculated to the Julian calendar. They miscalculated it. And so the apocalypse is happening tonight at 7 PM instead of Y2K. (laughs) He literally posited that Y2K should have been the apocalypse. But they translated the calendar wrong. And so it's happening tonight. It's so absurd on so many levels. <laughs> so many. I don't even I don't even know where to start. Y2K. And so I cannot but, believe they tried to say that Y2K should have been the end of the world. He's adamantly like, you have to let Prue go. Yeah. And it's he says it so casually, like with no understanding or like no awareness that this would mean like never seeing their sister yeah. again. No like that it's sentencing her to death. That, like, they would have to live with that guilt for the rest of their lives, even because, you know, the apocalypse isn't happening, so whatever. And, like, the conversation that ensues is, like, as though they're disagreeing about, like, where to go to dinner. (laughs) You know? It's ridiculous. Like, like, Piper's like, no, that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, wait. Like, there's just no, like... There's no urgency or, like, stakes to it. Even though it is a high-stakes situation, they play it like there are no stakes at all. Even and then, earlier in the episode when they think that they've literally vanquished Prue. Like, when yeah. they disappear into the vortex, they have no idea. They're just like, and They're oh. like, I think we killed Prue. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wrote, like, killed, may have killed sister, feeling be chill about it. <laughs> they're so chill. They're, like, wandering around. No one's crying. No one's shouting. They're just like, uh, did we vanquish Prue? I think we vanquished Prue. Is Prue dead? I don't think she's dead. I well, think she might be dead. We'll figure it out later. Oh, well, let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And it's like echoed here. We're like, Piper's basically like, yeah, cool opinion, Leo. <laughs> my boyfriend who's telling me to just kill my sister. Like, no big deal. And then they go to the, like, the pentagram place. And they like, ha- Phoebe has a premonition of like five different atom bombs. And then... <laughs> 
going on she, at once. And then Piper's like, what did you see? She's like, nothing, it's fine. And then two seconds later, she's like, we can't do this. Just kidding. I, what I saw was horrible. I'm like, okay. Delayed reaction, I guess. Um, and they decide to let Prue die. And then that opens up a vortex and the source kills the horsemen. And Because they failed to bring about the apocalypse? Yeah, but it's like, they could still do it. Like, it hasn't been 7 o'clock yet. I don't understand why they couldn't just wait until seven, past 7 and then let Prue out of the vortex. Because they needed the other people to create the pentagram. Oh, so they wouldn't and do say the And say the spell backwards or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which they weren't doing when Prue came back out. But uh, you know what? I'm over Let's, it. Whatever. We can't get into the mechanics. Then we have to talk about why green tie didn't freeze. Okay. And I don't know if I can talk about that because I will not stop talking Yeah, about some it. people don't freeze and some people can't be defeated. That's just the way of it. Um, so Prue but- is returned to them safely. And they go back to the house. And Leo's there like, mm, yeah, you made the right decision. That's why she was returned to you or whatever. And Piper's like, I'm so sorry. What? To Leo? How? She apologizes yes! to Leo? Yes! She apologizes to the man who told no. her an hour ago to kill her own sister in the me- like as though it was like the most casual decision in the world. You she, have to. Of course you have to. She Why are you even thinking about returns it? Returns to Leo and apologizes to him. I don't understand how no. the episode caused zero strife in their relationship. <laughs> it's, we started the episode with Leo being a clingy little piece of shit and we endured him a barrage of mansplaining from him for the entire episode and Piper being like, no, we're not going to do that. Like throwing an immense amount of shame at him. Just like, okay, yeah, thanks for your input, but no, thank you. And he's like, why aren't you doing this? Literally at one point she says, she says, Leo, thanks for your opinion, but we're going to do this. I was like, okay, damn. You know, I'm just go Piper, but like, they, at the end of the episode, they're just like, huh, cool, see you later. Yeah, there's, like, no ups and downs, like, within, like, their relationship is never questioned. And, like, it's interesting that you brought that up, because I forgot, like, the beginning of the episode, he's like, don't hang out with your sisters. And the yeah. end of the episode, he's like, kill your sister. Like, <laughs> it's like, he escalates really quickly in the span, like, his journey. And then he <laughs> matures literally overnight. No, within an hour. He shows up at the club and he's like, uh, they're like hanging out on the, just casually hanging out, sitting on the back of the couch, posed. <laughs> Very perfect. So ridiculous. And Leo rolls up and be like, hey, congrats on like making the right decision. You're welcome for all the input that you ignored. Piper's like, sorry, we didn't listen to you. We should have listened to you, Mr. Mansplainer. And, and Phoebe is like, why don't you stay for a drink? Yeah. And he's like, no. You need time you together. You need time together. Oh, great. He's you like, tell them when they do and do not need time alone. <laughs> you piece of crap. I'm completely okay with you guys spending time together now. And in fact, I will tell you when you need to spend time together now. <laughs> I've become so okay with it that I'm now in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's good for you in any situation. First of all, congrats, You don't know what you, you need. <laughs> oh. And then... Wait, you need to do your fashion mom, and then we need to finish out this fucking episode. Yeah. My fashion mom is Piper in that godforsaken oh, dress. Oh, God! I totally forgot about that. I kept thinking about how good Phoebe looked in that. Yeah, she looked amazing. She I mean, a amazing. simple this, like, black, black dress, dress and, like, and nice makeup, and her hair was amazing, and, like... She looked uh, beautiful, <laughs> and Piper looked, like, 
the dowdiest, yeah. dowdiest aunt okay. in the world. I wrote that down. I said she looks like someone's great aunt going to Easter Mass. <laughs> oh my god, yes! And Prue just looks trashy, let's be honest. She looks <laughs> trashy. trashy. She looks trashy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why they... Especially sitting directly next to Phoebe in her, like, classy black dress. <laughs> and she's wearing, like, a hot pink halter. I don't oh. know. I don't. I honestly don't know why they put them in anything other than just like a black dress and like classy makeup. Because they all they're beautiful women and they're witches. they look amazing. It's witchy, exactly. They look like sisters. I don't know. Maybe they just don't think they can differentiate them. My enough. memory of this show is so different. Than real <laughs> show. Okay, so, so Piper better. is wearing a floor-length gown <laughs> <laughs> with cap sleeves. No. The cap sleeves have ruffles on them. They're little gentle ruffles. The oh whole dress God. is seafoam green. It's lined, and you can see the lining. Yeah, it's one of those like overlay dresses that were super popular. Yeah, I had like terrible. Them it has a twelve-year-old. It has a shallow V with ruffles around the shallow V. Shallow Vs are not advisable. No, it was anyone. horrible. And then like a silver leaf pattern all over it. It was truly heinous. I bet she was wearing beige shoes with it, too. It was so ugly. Was she wearing beige shoes? I don't know. I don't know what other shoes you could wear with that, frankly. It would have to be beige. Oh, my God, it was so bad. I should, I'm, like, I'm just picturing it in my mind. Well, I wrote, oh, God, it's a dress. I thought it was a shirt. Then I know what you're gonna say the last yes. part of this episode. I also have a note that's just the way they're posed on those couches. <laughs> Period. It's absurd. It's like let's let's add some like height because Prue's just sitting on the top of a couch. Like, that's normal. Here. Yeah, they can't all be sitting at the same level. It looks weird. Um. Okay, so then this guy, a stranger, I presume. No, he's the bartender who oh. smugly handed the book back to Prue during the... I have so many questions. Okay, we'll do this, and then I have questions about the book. But Okay, so he has already seen the book, and he comes back with the book. Bearing the book. Two days later. <laughs> I didn't remember this person at all. Did he have lines earlier in the episode? He didn't have any lines, okay. but I know that he was in it. Um, and he goes... We have to take a poll on this one. No, we're taking a poll. We're taking a poll. That's accurate. No, it, but it felt... the. I wish I could remember the wording because it felt, like, very compulsory. It was like, you have to answer this question. <laughs> yeah. Not just, like, we're, we're looking around and seeing what they're saying. We're like, no, you have to tell us what you think of this. <laughs> but with, like, a weird smarmy smile on his face. He's <laughs> like, if you were trapped in a fire, who would you save? Five sibling, Five strangers or one sibling? And they all say, in unison. In, like, a resigned, yeah. like, like no, they're sort like of, smiling. like, shell-shocked tone. They're, like, happy. No. They're, like, like it's like they've been through a lot. They're, <laughs> like, five strangers. And this he's, like, hotly huh, and then walks they away. they apologize to Prue for wanting, for almost killing her, but not. I didn't really understand that, because, like, she's alive. And, but they had to apologize to Prue for choosing to save the world over her. And Prue's like, you made the right decision. Thank Everyone you. in this I episode know. is so goddamn sanctimonious. <laughs> it's infuriating to watch. Okay, okay, we need to wrap up. We okay. need to rate the episode. Wait, can I just say... 
Yeah. I don't understand the function of this book in this world. They <laughs> seem to think it's like the coolest book in the world and just like having it and showing it to other people that they have it is cool. Like they're at the Paula Cole show and they're sitting in the at the bar watching the show. First of all, why are all the fucking lights on in this bar while there's music show happening? Confused. Um, and okay, so they're sitting at the bar and then they go back to Paula Cole and then they go back to Prue and Phoebe and the bartender who comes up later like is like smiling and like brings the book over and hands it to Prue and Prue like takes it like it's a secret message book, like a burn book and like slyly takes it and is like... <laughs> What? I want to know what even... Are they, like, passing it around and all filling out their answers? Like, what's happening? I want to know what even one more deep and profound question in that book it's is. the only question we get to talk about. I know! The only single one. can't believe we... I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I really didn't. Okay, what's your episode rating out of five charms? I'm gonna give this a two. That's exactly what I was <gasps> gonna do! Oh my god! High five! Yay. I feel like it's been a while since we agreed. Although, who knows? Yeah. It's been a while like since we watched Charmed. Ever. Does that make sense? I feel like we've never agreed is what I was trying to say. Mm, maybe so. All right. Okay. Look us up on all the usual yeah. places. Send us an email. <clears throat> I thought that email was being forwarded to my email, but I never see them. 